0: good morning everybody i hope you are well and coping with all the challenges we are facing at the moment thank you katie and rick for that reading you could see them at some point thinking this is a long one we didn't know this when we volunteered but i hope you're coping okay uh the kirk house is managing all right with the four of us working from home i'm fairly sure we have eaten our body weight in biscuits and we are using every last bit of our broadband allowance uh, the kids are now telling me how to, use, how to use Zoom, and I think we've got a desk and chair in every room in the house now. Um, we're doing okay, but it is tough, isn't it? You know, it's hard to stay motivated. It's hard to uh, see people, hard not to see people, hard to see the same people every single day. I mean, I don't know about you, but in my house, they're there all the time. The same people, the same place, it's the same routine. It's a little bit boring um, right now. And I may well be uh, having to sleep in the doghouse, uh, having said that live. So, well, whether you're having the same kind of challenges as me, or if you're having different challenges, I want to encourage us all this morning to lift our eyes up, to change our perspective, and to see further to see deeper and get a bigger sense of how much God loves us. Because he loves us more than we could ever understand. And as Adam mentioned, today we're right at the start of our new series, um, Seeing Further, where we're looking at the entire New Testament book of Ephesians. We want to understand what God is saying to us as a church through this letter. So uh, firstly, uh, can I recommend that you take the time to read the entire book? Uh, Maybe not now, please. Um, It's about six pages long. It's divided into six chapters. And it it really is good to read the book in one sitting with a cup of tea and a biscuit or multiple biscuits. Um, And I'd also like to recommend a video to you. There's something called the Bible Project, and they do short, animated videos explaining each book of the Bible, and the Ephesians video is less than nine minutes long. It's fantastic, and it will really help you understand some of the big themes in it, like how do we get salvation? What's the purpose of the church if it's God's representation on earth? How do we deal with all the differences of people in church? How can we stay strong in our faith by putting on the full armor of God? And how do we live out our faith in our relationships day to day? Uh, The letter to the Ephesians is not a simple letter. You know, even chapter one and Rick and Katie can tell you it's quite lengthy and it's got some complex writing in it. You know, actually, that, that first half of chapter 1 from verses 3 to 14 originally is one big, long sentence with no grammar, no punctuation or anything. It's like a, a lockdown English homework from hell. Um, now, to understand the book of Ephesians as well, it's a really good idea to look at Acts chapter 19, where you can kind of see the background and the story of Paul going to Ephesus and, uh, uh, and setting up the church there. And he stays there for a couple of years, telling people about Jesus and establishing the church. Now, you might be wondering, why Ephesus? Well, Ephesus is just a ruin nowadays, but it was a very important city on a major trading route. It was near a port, and it also had one of the seven wonders of the, world, of the ancient world there, the Temple of Artemis. And all of that meant it was a thriving city with locals living there and traders and travellers passing through and settling there over time. And Paul used Ephesus as a base for a huge amount of evangelism to Asia Minor, which is pretty much what we call Turkey nowadays. And Asia Minor was also the gateway to Europe, to North Africa, and to the rest of Asia. So if the church was going to grow beyond Israel this was a good place to make an impact. So in Ephesus, lots of people had heard Paul speak and they were converted to Christianity and the church was established. But then after a while, uh, when he'd been there some time, some people thought he was talking about getting rid of the temple of Artemis, which, as I mentioned, was very important to them. It brought income and it brought fame. So they got upset by that and they tried to lynch him. Paul escaped, though, and he used that opportunity to move on and plant the church in other places uh, around the area. But having stayed in Ephesus for two years, he loved the church, and it continued to grow after he left. And so he built up strong bonds with him over that time. And this letter is when he's writing to the church after he's left. But he isn't writing to uh, the church in Ephesus because they've they've done something wrong or started believing something dodgy like uh, in some of the, Paul's other letters. This is simply a letter to encourage them, to support them in growing in their faith. And he does that by explaining the entire gospel. Now, I don't know if you know, but gospel means good news. And good news is encouraging. And the Ephesian church needed encouragement. I mean, their founder had had to go away. And while they were still growing in their faith, they were learning about God and building their understanding. But it can be hard at times. I'm sure you'll understand. Growing up for anybody is not easy, as anyone who's had teenagers or has got teenagers can tell you. So to help them grow, the Ephesian church, not the teenagers, um, and to help them understand God and salvation, and to really understand what their faith is all about, Ephesians contains this summary of the entire life and purpose of Christ, which is like a reminder to make our entire life and purpose about Christ. You see, Paul wants to encourage them and expand their vision. He wants to open their spiritual eyes and help them to see the unfathomable wonder and grace of God. And God's desire for the church to reflect that wonder and grace. And so that introduction and setting the context brings us to our reading today in chapter 1. Uh, and Paul sets out really early on in the second verse what it's all about. Grace And peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the entire letter from Paul is about those two things grace and peace. The entire message of Ephesians is this hope filled, encouraging message that God's grace through Jesus Christ coming to earth brings us peace. And I think we could do with some peace at the moment. If you are watching us live, uh, why not use a chat and tell us an area where peace would be useful in your life? We need peace in our day-to-day, whatever you're coping with. Whether you're coping with working from home or school from home, maybe your situation means you've still got to go to a place of work, and that's challenging in itself. Or sadly, we know many people who have lost their work at the moment. There is just incredible amounts of turmoil at the moment with covid rule changes some people following them others not hospitals filling up treatments being delayed and then there's who will get the vaccine uh, first how long it will last and how long it will protect people there's all sorts of stuff that causes confusion uncertainty and anxiety and that's before we even start to think about the impact of Brexit on our, our country, our community, uh, and our economy, and whether we'll be able to buy Percy Pigs still from m and I mean, there are some big issues to deal with. Look, whatever is going on for you, uh, for us, I think it's safe to say we need peace at the moment. But you see, the, the peace that Paul is talking about here, is not short-term peace. It's not peace that needs to be topped up all the time. It's not the kind of self-help, do my yoga, do a detox, stroke a kitten kind of peace that you see all over the internet. Paul is talking about deep down, that never-ending, soul-quenching, assured peace that goes beyond a, a mere feeling That goes beyond uh, just a moment or a calm mind. It's a peace that goes beyond uh, being purely based on the absence of stress. Paul is talking about deep, deep peace in your soul that only God can bring. And he's not just talking about peace for you and for me. He's talking about peace for the entire creation. Everything that ever was and is and will be needs the deep, deep peace that Paul is describing. It's not a peace that can be learned or understood. It's a peace that is given by God as a gift. And that's what Paul is pronouncing at the start of Ephesians. May God give you that deep, deep rest that your soul needs and which only God can provide. And I don't know about you, but when I think about my own life, my behavior, my thoughts, my actions and reactions, when I stop and consider the things I've done and the things I've avoided doing or or left for someone else to do, when I think of all those things, I genuinely can't help but hold my hands up and say, stop. Oh, stop, God. I don't deserve that peace. I don't deserve that deep down, never ending peace. I just simply don't deserve it. And I believe God says, yeah, I know. But here, have it anyway. I think you're amazing. Amazing. You're amazing, you're wonderful, and I absolutely love you, Dale. And that is grace. Now, if you're joining us for the first time today, or if you've been meeting with us for a while, or if you've been going to church for years, it doesn't matter. Because one thing I can absolutely 100% guarantee you is that you can never, ever, Spend too much time learning about God's grace. God absolutely loves you. Whoever you are, wherever you're watching. God thinks you are amazing and wonderful. And he gives you his grace. Grace is amazing. But it's only made possible Through Jesus. Which is why Paul goes on to tell us about the purpose and person of Christ Jesus when he says, We, or all of us, were chosen in Him, Jesus, to be holy and blameless. You see, we can't be holy and blameless on our own. And not only were we chosen. But we were chosen before the world was even created, before anything that we know and ever will know existed, to be holy and blameless. Just let that sink in. And not only were we chosen before time to be holy and blameless, but we were also chosen by God. To be adopted into God's family. With God as our parent. Adopted by God. I mean, you all know what adopted means. But just stop and think. You are adopted by God. And we don't deserve any of that. But God, with all the wisdom and understanding that he has... Lavished it on us. We don't deserve it, but grace is the lavish abundance of God's blessings, God's resources, and God's presence poured out to us until it's overflowing. Until we are overflowing with God. I think that is wonderful. And whatever situation you're in, God's grace is enough. If you're trapped, God's grace is freedom. If you're fearful, God's grace is peace. If you're hurting, God's grace is love. If you are lonely, God's grace is present. If weak, it is strong. If darkness, it is light. If drowning, it is a rock. Whatever it is, God's grace is is enough and i think that if we could just we could just get that if we could grasp it understand it let it soak into every aspect of our very being our lives would be transformed our thinking Our living, our breathing, our working, our relating, everything that we're becoming in our lives would be transformed. By God's grace, we can have deep, deep peace. And I think that is what Ephesians is all about. That's what seeing further is all about seeing beyond ourselves, our priorities, our ideas, our history, and our experience, seeing further than we can imagine or comprehend, and seeing God more fully. That will bring us peace. And it's only possible by God's grace. And it's made possible by the work of Jesus And yet it's always been a part of God's big, perfect plan for us and all of creation. And I think it's important to be reminded that God lavishing us with grace and peace was always part of God's big, perfect plan. Because, you see, if it was part of God's plan then that means it's not about us and our responsibility. It's not about us striving, working, organizing, uh, doing something to become something. It shifts the focus onto God and moves it away from introspection and self-recrimination. You know, love brings in and fear pushes away. And it's God's loving grace that brings us into his plan. It has to all be about God. And then later in Paul's uh, letter in this chapter, he prays for the Ephesians to be filled with the incredible power of the Holy Spirit. Filled to the fullest measure so that they may grow to know God More and more, and show God more and more to the world. And I think that this prayer is for all the church for eternity, and it's a prayer for St. Paul's Kingston Hill that we would know God better. So we are lavished with a peace that meets our deepest needs, the good grace of God which is totally undeserved, but given anyway, and with hope in knowing that we have the Holy Spirit helping us grow and know God better. But then, how does all that happen? How do we get the good grace of God? And, and why does that happen? And what does that mean for us as individuals, And as a church, well, like I said, there's a lot in Ephesians. And that's all coming up in this series. I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be great. Amen.